You're listening to How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, because keeping your cool is very, very cool. And now your host, who is always cool as a cucumber, Terry Holly. everyone, this is Terry Holly, and welcome to another episode of How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast. If this is your very first time listening, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're a return listener, hey, this podcast is produced every week and show notes can be found on my website at hollycreative.com. Please come back often. I can be found on iTunes and I can also be added to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow me on Twitter at Holly Creative. And again, all links are in today's show notes. So let's get started with the show. So a lot is going on in my little corner of the world. We are experiencing the 37th day of fall. And as I look around me, there is no shortage of the emerging pigments that give our leaves their majestic browns and yellows and reds and golds. It is absolutely gorgeous. But you know what's interesting? The science behind this show in which we are given a front row seat every single year. But before I get into that, I know I might need to take some of you back to your fifth grade science class. Now, don't feel bad because I actually had to do some research myself. (laughs) So the pigment that gives our leaves that rich, beautiful green in the spring and summer is called chlorophyll. And chlorophyll is what is needed for photosynthesis. And if you remember anything about photosynthesis, It's when our plants combine sunlight and carbon dioxide, which produces glucose and oxygen, which is used as a source of fuel for trees. Well, during a time when sunlight and water are plentiful, like in the spring or summer, there's plenty of photosynthesis going on, for which chlorophyll plays a huge role. So it's almost like the chlorophyll are having a little party. There's plenty of photosynthesis and chlorophyll are like the little guests that have been invited. That's why the leaves turn this vibrant green during the warmer seasons. When there is less sunlight and water, like during the fall and winter, there's not a lot of photosynthesis going on. And as a result, chlorophyll becomes like my size two dress after menopause. No longer needed. Now, I'm talking from personal experience here. If you have kept your size two dress after menopause, you can email me after the show. (laughs) But back to my story. So chlorophyll is no longer needed when photosynthesis has ceased and it begins to fade. And that's why in the fall, we see the red, orange, and yellow colored pigments emerge. But what we are really witnessing when we see this lovely parade of colors is our tree swapping its energy source. In the summer, its food source is glucose and oxygen, from photosynthesis. But in the winter, because there's less sunlight, the energy source is what's been stored up during the summer. And there's another interesting part of this. The pigments that begin to show when chlorophyll begins to fade have always been there. These pigments are always a part of the leaf, 
but you don't see them until the chlorophyll is no longer needed and fades. And so you might be asking, have I reached the part of this episode when I can make sense of all the science and finally make a point? The answer is yes. (laughs) So with regard to your business, here's what I want to put out here. What sources of energy do you have stored up that may not be needed right now, but may be needed during a change in seasons? Perhaps there's a business crisis or your most valued employee leaves, or there's a change in the economy that affects your line of business. What sources of energy do you have on the back burner to keep things moving? It's really something to think long and hard about. During a change in seasons, what stored up assets do you have that can serve as a source of energy? So with that in mind, let's get right to today's topic. I love the topic today because it reflects so much of who I am as an entrepreneur. Like many entrepreneurs, I'm a risk taker. I'm an adventurist. I'm not afraid of building that airplane on the way down. And I love when I meet people who are just like me, mainly because we can just remind ourselves that we're not crazy. (laughs) But today on the show, I have one of my favorite entrepreneurial adventurous as a guest. Her name is Funlayo Alibi, and she's the owner of Shea Radiance, a beauty brand that creates one of the most luxurious, wonderful smelling pampering products that I have ever had the pleasure of putting on my body. Now, Funlayo is going to tell you a little bit more about Shea Radiance, but I have her on the show today to discuss how she's making strides with social media by fully leaning into her gifts of curiosity, risk-taking, and adventurism. You know, I have always believed that the most successful social media marketer is the one that goes into this with a deep sense of curiosity and the willingness to experiment. And I believe that Funlayo really embodies the heart and soul of a social media adventurist. And I am delighted to have her on the show today to discuss her insights, discoveries, and successes. So here is my interview with Funlayo Alibi from Shea Radiance. So Funlayo, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be talking to you, Terry. Wonderful. So tell my listeners who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. Well, my name is Falayo Alabi, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Shea Radiance. Uh, I co-founded it with my husband, and we started this company to solve the problem of dry skin. Both my boys were born with really dry, eczema-prone skin, and, you know, my husband and I probably passed it on to them. And we were looking for a natural solution to just address our dry skin problems. And the process of finding that natural solution in a nutshell led us to develop a line of premium hair and body care products um, using shea butter as a key ingredient. So what our goal is, is to make our customers feel beautiful and powerful. And because we know as women, when we look good, we feel like we can conquer the world. 
And so we feel like our products support that. You know, we make your skin glow, feel nice and soft. Your hair feels amazing. So you can go out and conquer the, the world. That's, you know, basically our goal. And the other side of that is, you know, even though we make women look good, we also help our customers connect to their need to do good. We sourced our key ingredient directly from women-run co-ops in Ghana and Nigeria. And uh, the proceeds from the business we do with these women helps them to feed, feed, clothe, and educate their children. So that's what we do in a nutshell. That is awesome. And you know I love your products. Oh, love, love, love them. And I love the socially conscious aspect of Shea Radiance as well. So I know a lot about you and your use of social media because you have been a client of mine, one of my favorite clients. So <laughs> a very satisfied client, I must add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell me um, about your current social media presence. What tools are you using uh, what are your most active spots? So right now, Shea Radiance is on Facebook. I think Facebook was probably the first social media platform we started engaging on. We missed MySpace, so we went straight to Facebook. <laughs> um, Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we have a Pinterest presence, we have YouTube, and we blog. And I would say we are most active on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter, and we have become even more conscious and consistent about blogging. Very good. Yeah, we've talked a lot about the importance of blogging, so I love to hear that. And one thing that I know about you is that you are what I like to call an adventurous social media marketer. You have no problem with testing things, throwing spaghetti on the wall, seeing what sticks, what doesn't. Um, I've always loved that about you. And I just wanted to um, have you talk a little bit more about that. And, you know, in terms of what you've learned, and maybe address somebody who's not as adventurous, not as much of a risk taker. You know, what would what advice would you have for somebody who, you know, wants to always have everything measured? Because with social media, sometimes you have to experiment a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the social media landscape is constantly changing. You know, Facebook is always adjusting their algorithms and messing you up. So um, I can understand why a lot of CEOs out there might be a little hesitant. But um, if I may step back a second, um, as CEOs of our small businesses, we've already taken a risk because we know we feel like we have a service or a product that we think would be of benefit to someone out there. And part of being a CEO and taking that risk and kind of putting ourselves out there as service providers or product providers is that um, we have to reach and engage customers where they are. And social media, I've found, is the, one of the easiest and least expensive ways to do that. I feel like social media gives small businesses a leg up on large multinational companies that have huge marketing budgets and you know can blast out their message all over and do it repeatedly. The challenge with social media is that it does take time and it does require flexibility and you just kind of have to 
embrace the fact that it's an ongoing learning process and that things are going to change. But also keep the end goal in mind that if we do this successfully, you will be able to connect with your market in an authentic way. They will fall in love with you and they'll always pick you first because of that connection. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So if you can think of your biggest win when it comes to jumping in and just testing things, seeing what works, what doesn't, not really sure whether it was worth your time or energy, you know, sure. what, when, you, when you look back, what, what do you think is, what has been your biggest win with the use of, the adventurist use of social media? So as an adventurer in the world of social media, one of the first things we had to figure out, and this was an ongoing process, was first of all to find our true brand voice. And that took a lot of refining, you know, putting images and words out there and seeing how people would respond to what we were putting out there. We found out that the way we were communicating on Facebook was going to be a little different from how we would communicate on Twitter and a little bit different from how we would communicate on Instagram because we had different types of customers who had their preferred platforms. So we found out with people who were 30 and above, most, most of them were on Facebook. And the way we talked to them was, you know, a little more, we gave them a little more context, lots of um, visuals and, you know, connections to more content through our blog. And then we found out that on Instagram, it was a much younger crowd and they loved hip, edgy images, you know, and, you know, we were able to kind of put this information out on that platform. We learned that one size didn't fit all the platform, but that only came from us close monitoring what we were putting out there and if something was really working we would give we would go deeper and provide more of that type of content for the customer to engage with so I like that I like that a lot so you through just testing and tweaking and getting out there and experimenting uh, you were finding that the messaging needed to be different among the different platforms yes and you know we also found some some surprising things, also things we didn't expect. For example, um, we put out some videos, very rough videos, I must say, of me describing something that I saw when I was in West Africa. It was really short video. My husband took it with a handheld and I just had it in the archive somewhere. And then someone on my team was like, you know, I think this would be interesting. Let's put it on Facebook and see what happens. And it was amazing. A lot of pe people um, engaged with that video in spite of the fact that I, I thought it wasn't great quality. You know, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking cute. <laughs> but what we found out that, you know, people actually like that kind of natural engaged communication I was having in that video. And that, that was a surprise to me because I always thought, you know, if you're going to put video out there, you know, make sure it's, you know, nice and you know we're a luxury brand so it has to be really polished but we found that not to be entirely true in all all instances so it's interesting what you find by being an adventurer 
And also part of being an adventurer is putting yourself out there. And, you know, the other day I put a picture of my face with a jar of cream with no makeup on <laughs> out there. And it was beautiful, by the way. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you. But it, it's normally something I wouldn't want to do. You know, I, right. I, I, I took that picture because I was really impressed with how the product had worked. And someone on my team was like, you know, we should put that out there. Let's see. Let's see what happens if you put it out there. And the response was great because our audience likes the authentic, natural. They, they want to feel like I'm talking to them as their friend. And so that worked. But that's also part of the risk you take in social media, just trying different things. And you never know what's really going to work, but you have to keep trying. That's so interesting. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of clients that don't want to jump into video, especially because of, you know, feeling that it has to be like high, a high production activity. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily need to be. And it's not until you just put something out there to see what sticks will you know that, you know, something that's not high production, something that's very authentic, you know, off the cuff might work. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a matter of just getting out there and, and giving it a try. Very interesting. Very interesting learning. Another thing we learned as part of our adventurous culture here at Shea Radiance was that we started doing um, a Women's Gold Wednesday. <laughs> so the tagline for our company is Women's Gold. And, you know, for those who don't know, women's gold is an expression that is used to describe shea butter. Shea butter is called women's gold because women use the proceeds to take care of their family. So shea butter means women's gold. So every Wednesday we would do a women's gold thing where we would have a weekly giveaway. And over time, what we found was really resonating with our customers was, first of all, they loved the idea of a giveaway. But we were able to kind of, when we noticed that we were getting positive results just from looking at the analytics and the engagement, we also took it up a notch and started asking customers for their opinions about different things. Each time we would do a giveaway, we would make the customer the expert. Like, oh, tell us one of your best beauty tips. You know, how do you keep yourself looking young and beautiful? What You know, just asking them these questions. And people, customers love to be experts. And we, you know, we got lots of great feedback from our customers about their beauty routines, which we in turn could use to create blog posts and create more content on our social media platforms because the customer fed us this information because we asked. I love the way that you're reaching out to your audience to find out the topics that they're interested in, topics that they might be experts in. And you're using that as a way to create content for your blog, which in turn should increase your readership and interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are getting um, ideas about, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, we had put something out on Facebook about a new product we were launching. And we had talked, we had kind of thrown it out there, like what sense would you like this to be something along those lines? And we got a lot of feedback from the customers that, you know, 
from the fruity to the desserty to the to the floral scents about you know just their like um in terms of um essential oils and and fragrancing and and i i also want to talk a little bit about some of our later discoveries on social media you know when we got started facebook really was my comfort zone because i'm in that demographic that just you know facebook is my go-to social media platform to kind of find out what's going on um it took a little bit of work to get back in twitter and really kind of monitor Twitter and see where we could jump into relevant conversations. Um, But what we found was that people are easily able to access us and interact with us if we stay active on on Twitter. And we also found out that on Twitter, we were able to engage with complementary brands or brands and brands that could give us access to their audience by just, you know, retweeting them, noticing the noteworthy things they were doing and, you know, mentioning it and um, having them engage back with us. So Twitter is still a little bit of a a dance. It's like a, a tango. And, you know, we're always looking for ways to better engage on Twitter. So that wasn't a comfort zone, but that's, an area that we are also learning because we see the advantages of, of being on Twitter also. Yeah, you know, um, I've been on Twitter for several years and I have found that platform to be one of the hardest platforms to kind of break the ice only because it's it's very noisy. It, it, there's it a lot of information yeah. on Twitter. And I like that you have found your a strategy for using that platform. And I do have a lot of clients that use it that way. They use it as a, um, a research tool mm-hmm. and they also use it to reach out to partners or other businesses and companies that might be interested in cross promotion. So, yeah. um, you know, I always tell people there there's always a strategy for every platform. You just have to kind of find out what works. And again, you know, here you are out there being the adventurist, finding out how to use this platform that's just incredibly noisy, but does have some benefit. It really does. Um, and I, I, I would want to also add um, talking to other CEOs that social media, it's true, can be all-consuming and really a full-time endeavor, you know, deciding what platforms and how do I engage. And I think one of the things CEOs shouldn't forget is that they can ask for help. You know, you can find a great consulting company like Holly Creative to kind of guide you down that road and point you in the right direction. And then even in terms of the execution, to have a great team. I have an awesome team of millennials who work with me, who are in my space, who know how I think, who know what I like, that have kind of studied the brand and learned from me. And they are really into social media. They understand that for me, metrics and analytics are 
our fees to helping guide how we're going to engage. And so I'm not spending all my CEO time kind of monitoring my social media platforms, but I have a great team that works with me to make this happen. You know, we're putting, we have so many hats we have to put on. So I don't want anyone out there listening to me to think that, oh yeah, she's making products and shipping them out. And also she's able to do 110% of social media. Sometimes that, that can be really intimidating, but I, I would certainly suggest, you know, to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you on social media. I have definitely done that. and found that it's been very helpful. Um, you know, I hire great young people who have a great work, work ethic and kind of get the brand and are willing, willing to learn from me. And definitely millennials really rock. I, I love having them around because they are very inquisitive about new technology and, you know, they keep me informed as they learn from me. I learn a lot from them also. Yeah, I tell you, um, it's just interesting. We had this conversation a few episodes ago about outsourcing. And I think the most important thing is hiring somebody who really gets your brand, who understands Absolutely. your business. When you have that, you really do have a, a strong team in place and you really don't have like you said, a whole lot of time to do a whole lot of oversight on a regular basis Mm -hmm. when it comes to social media. So when you have somebody who really gets your business and really gets your brand, you really do have something super (laughs) in place. Absolutely. So I'm glad that's working for you. So you are the social media adventurist, but I also know that you have placed a lot of importance on measurement and analytics, you know, being able to balance the measurement of, of your, your efforts along with being adventurous and experimental. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of analytics and measurement and how this has enhanced the way you use social media. Sure. You know, Terry, analytics are really important because, you know, you have to know what is working. You have to look at the numbers to see where to put your energy. And, you know, in the process of using analytics, you might find that not every social media platform is right for you. And uh, um, one of the other things I would say about analytics is that, well, I'll share with you uh, an anecdotal piece of, you know, what analytics has helped me realize in my business. And I think, Terry, you and I kind of discovered this together when we were working together. There was um, Google Analytics is a tool that I use was showing me where some of the traffic that was coming from my website, you know, the sources of my traffic. And one of the sources was an old blog that I had created years ago that I was no longer maintaining. And, you know, I I could have just actually deleted the blog, you know, just trying to remove my online clutter. But analytics showed me that there was a blog post in there that we had written about clearing your complexion with black soap that was continually bringing traffic to the website. Now, I never would have known that if we weren't looking at Google Analytics and, you know, kind of keeping an eye on where... um, all the visitors to our website were, were coming from. 
But that gave us insight to the fact that, well, you know, this old blog is definitely a gold mine. So don't do anything crazy like deleting it. <laughs> and right. the post that was responsible for bringing that traffic, you know, we need to tweak it, repackage it and do more posts like that on our current blog because it resonates. And so those are some of the, the, the nuggets of looking at the data. It kind of shines the light on what is working. It also shines the light on some unexpected pieces that if you didn't know they were valuable, you really wouldn't tap mm -hmm. into them. And so that's one of the reasons why, you know, understanding what the numbers are, at least the important ones. I don't understand everything on Google Analytics, to be very honest with you. But the few things that I do understand, I use them um, as a tool to increase my reach, know what is working, to know, you know, what websites or, you know, influencers are sending business, business to our website so we can keep doing more of that. Awesome. Well, Funlayo, tell us where we can find Shea Radiance and your wonderful products. Well, the main place you can find um, Shea Radiance products is on our website, which is www.shearadiance.com. We have a line of raw Shea products that we sell at the Whole Foods stores, in the Mid-Atlantic region, um, Yes Organic Market and Roots Market. And um, just keep your eyes open. We will be coming to a store near you very soon as we begin to ramp up on our distribution. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> and I will say we are getting close to the holiday season and all your products make terrific holiday gifts. They really do. Thank you. I have to say that one of the the products that has been doing really well, and I actually see them being a holiday hit, are our locked packs. And these are mini samples of the entire body care line in a nice little bag that you can gift to your friends and all the important people in your life. And they get an opportunity to sample the entire range of our body care line. We also have a similar pack for hair care that's where we have our five best-selling products um, in a nice little bag that you, know, you can sample and share with your friends. Oh, you shouldn't have told me about that. I'm heading, <laughs> I'm heading to your website now. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today, and I wish you the best with Share Radiance. Thank you so much, Terry. It was wonderful speaking with you and your audience. Well, what a great interview with Funlayo from Shea Radiance. How adventurous are you when it comes to social media marketing? Perhaps it's time to pack up a backpack and hit the trail of discovery. You'll never know what will come from a little curiosity, risk-taking, and adventurism. I want to thank Fanlayu again for being on the show today. You can find her, her wonderful business story, as well as an exceptional line of skin and body products at SheaRadiance.com. That's S-H-E-A Radiance.com. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And hey, listen, if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes. 
definitely share this podcast with a friend. And please visit my website at hollycreative.com for more free tools and resources that will help you grow your business. You've been listening to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool podcast. I'm Terry Holly, and I will see you right back here next week.